Hi, everyone. This is Leslyn Keith. I'm president of the board of directors at the Lipedema Project and director of research. Welcome to Living Well with Lipedema. Today, I have an excerpt from an interview with William Rapici from our Lipedema Worldwide Summit that was held in 2016. William is the executive director of the Lymphatic Education and Research Network, or LEARN. In this excerpt, he talks about the work of LEARN and how they are searching for a cure for lymphatic disorders. And this is being done through creating change through education, awareness, and advocacy. Well, LEARN started back in 1998. It actually was uh, formed by a mother, Wendy Chait, who had a daughter who had a primary lymphatic disease and found what most people found at that point. They went to their physicians and their physicians knew absolutely nothing about the disease or how to treat it. Certainly for generations before that, people had accepted that information and moved on with their lives. In Wendy's case, that was not an acceptable answer. And she went out entirely, began to look for answers and draw people into the field and created the Lymphatic Research Foundation. Over the course, of that next decade, amazing things began to happen and people began coming to the forefront to fight for this disease, both in terms of research dollars and also in giving their support to it. Learn began giving out research fellowships at that time and reaching out to the community. There were many accomplishments, certainly creating the first chair in lymphatic medicine at Stanford University was an incredible incredible breakthrough. They also started the patient registry as well to begin accumulating information that would be useful to researchers going forward. I come around a little over four years ago. And at that point, I look at the field and I look at the organization and see that they've done an absolutely wonderful job at drawing researchers into the field. However, funding at that point is extremely soft. And quite honestly, the future of the organization looked like it could be in jeopardy unless that could be turned around. My sense was it was time to move into a stronger phase two, which was if, in fact, you really wanted to grow the organization, you needed to support patients. I mean, certainly they were the frontline constituency that would be interested in funding and being the advocacy base for this cause. So we decided to rebrand the organization and we became the Lymphatic Education and Research Network. Our mission was altered. Our mission is to fight lymphatic disease and lymphedema through education, research, and advocacy. And we spend, at this point, equal efforts in all of those areas. That was four years ago. Since then, there have been a whole array of programs that have been created to not only continue our research efforts, but to really embellish our education and advocacy. And some of the things that uh, we have done in that regard, we do now have a live stream symposium series that have brought in uh, the top people in the field to speak about the kinds of research and programs that they're doing, and that is accessible to everyone. We've created an Ask the Experts feature on our website, which connects patients with the top medical practitioners in the field so they could actually ask individual questions uh, of them. We put a great deal of effort in LEARN as well to dealing individually with every phone call we get of people that are actually looking for services and connecting them with those people that might be able to give them help. 
We also have established chapters around the world at this point. We have chapters in Europe and Canada. We are looking to develop them now in Australia and New Zealand. And we also have a chapter in India. I would like to say that that was my brilliant idea to do that, but in fact, it wasn't. It actually was initially people from India and Europe who came to me and said that the kinds of things that Learn was doing in the United States weren't going on in other places. There were not NGOs or not-for-profits doing what we did. And they wanted to join Learn and hopefully do those same things in their countries. Uh, we had been developing state chapters in the United States because the feeling is the way we create change is by getting a critical mass of people to stand up, come forward, and demand that that change actually occur. Now, we do estimate there are up to 150 million people around the world who have lymphedema. My estimation would be there are as many or greater numbers of people who actually have lymphedema. When it comes to lymphatic diseases, they've been pretty well ignored for a whole host of reasons. But the result has been is that far too many people have absolutely no idea they have the disease or they know they have the disease, but because it isn't recognized in society, they tend to hide that disease. And as a result, they never become self-advocates that are out there trying to create change. And certainly you can't create change while you're sitting in the closet, not mentioning the word of what your disease happens to be called that needs to be out into the mainstream. So a lot of Lawrence efforts, we do a great deal of social media, newsletters, campaigns, etc., to empower people to come forward, recognize their disease, speak about it, and become part of a movement that actually creates that change that we all desire. I think the other issue that works against our diseases, you know, lymphatic diseases in a lot of cases, is that people walk away with the notion, and I hear this all the time, of, oh, well, but it's not life-threatening, right? As if suddenly the only issue that's of import is, will this disease kill you in the short term? First of all, quality of life is extremely important. And when you look at the myriad of ways that these diseases impact people's lives, that in and of itself is reason to put full force interest in this. If any of these diseases happen to other people, they would be up in arms. It's amazing that they look at the people within the lipedema and lipedema community and say, oh, well, the fact that you can't wear clothes, the fact that you're carrying around a lot of weight, the fact that you deal with a lot of psychosocial issues, the fact that you're afraid to get in an airplane or to travel anymore, the fact that you can't do things like gardening, sports, et cetera, that you used to love to do, the fact that people mock you on the street because they don't understand what's going on with you and they simply interpret it as you need to lose weight. Oh, that's not all such a big deal. Well, it's only not a big deal if it's not happening to you. And we need to communicate that to people so they don't feel so confident in throwing off those kinds of comments. However, on the other side, we see people do die from these diseases. They die from cellulitis. They die from the strain on the heart because of the kind of weight that people are carrying around, et cetera. And certainly, many of them die from suicide as well. So we need to pull those things off the table that are giving people the sense that, no, there are more important diseases. Let's focus on cancer. Let's focus on diabetes, et cetera. Well, those happen to be maintainable diseases in a lot of cases as well. So I think we have to get beyond the mantle that society has put on these diseases as if there are more important things to focus on. My sense is this community has to stand up and say, this is the most important issue, and then let the rest of society decide whether they will follow suit to support us or not. But I don't think we can 
second guess our focus and our determination that this needs to be a top priority. If you sit back and just wait for society at large on its own to embrace your particular cause, that is a losing proposition. Society is continually being bombarded with all the issues that are looking for them to give them their attention. Uh, If you really want to get to the top of that agenda, it really is incumbent on those people that are most impacted by whatever the issue happens to be to make their case in such a way that the world actually does begin to embrace that. What I find very much at this point is day after day, I talk about the issues of lymphatic disease, lipedema, lymphedema, and routinely, anytime I mention these diseases to anybody I come across, the answer is I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. Invariably, once I describe the diseases, they are able to say, you know, actually, I have a sister-in-law whose one arm is twice as big as the other, and she wears this wrap on it. And I will ask, did she have breast cancer? And they said, wow, how did you know? I said, because that is lymphedema. And I come across that situation every day. Unfortunately, because patients have been cowed into not talking about the disease that they have, and because very often even they have not been given the name of that disease, it has discouraged the opportunity for a critical mass of people to realize that they exist as the critical mass. And if they got together, could really create change. Too many people don't know what the disease is. And we need to bring those people out of the closet to begin talking about it. One thing I find is society can be incredibly compassionate once they understand an issue. But it's our job to make them understand that issue. It's patients' jobs to get out there to make them understand that issue. And it starts with patients telling their immediate families about this. Certainly when it came to the AIDS epidemic, it wasn't just people with AIDS who was creating the change. In fact, in the very early days, people with AIDS were hiding as best they could because of the stigma that was associated with having the disease. However, because you couldn't hide that disease from those people who cared about you, those people that cared about people who had AIDS, and it turned out it was everyone was affected by that. Those are the people that came forward to fight so ferociously to create change. So we need patients to come forward and tell the people that they love, and then we need the people that we love to jump into that fray as well to demand the kind of change that we need. Learn is at the forefront of trying to create that. Thank you, William. That was a really interesting interview that you had with Catherine back in 2016. And I have to say that Learn and William Rapici are doing even more today because that was five years ago. So they've really increased the awareness and advocacy and education around the world that have even more local chapters and chapters in other countries. So um, incredible work that Learn is doing. And thank you also to you, our listeners. If you haven't already subscribed to our daily flash briefings of tips, tools, and research about lipedema, you can subscribe at Apple, Spotify, Amazon Alexa, or here at this website, lipedema-simplified.org slash flash, where you'll find an archive of all of our flash briefings. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next time for another Living Well with Lipedema flash briefing. 